of we were in the middle of Reish Hay, and now he it, the last thing he spoke about was the fact that the re, that when we come. Let's start again. When it comes to negating our emotions and vision of batala, when we engage in things which are at the best neutral, often not neutral, that our emotions get captured, got caught up and swept up with negative things, the way to negate that is Torah. But then he said that Torah is not only meyer enayim, lights up the eyes, and misameach lev, um, and gladdens the heart. It doesn't work that way just by negating, but it actually elevates. That through the engagement in Torah, it's actually able to bring out the bad that is in the, excuse me, bring out the good that is in the bad. Thank you. Uh, and one of the many analogies and sources we have to this idea is we have the 70 souls that go down to Egypt, which is quite obviously parallel to the 70 nations. What's the connection there? The connection is there is that within the 70 nations, there is some Torah, there is some, there is some light, there is something that has to be captured and brought out, and that is what the 70 souls r- parallel to the 70 nations represents. Similarly, he went on to say that when Moshe is vid- visiting Paro's palace, what he's doing throughout these 10 plagues is each time he's actually taking something positive out of it. That's what, that's what he's engaging in over there. Meaning, you know, one of the things we have to, we, we grappled with in our, in our Chumash class is, you know, why do we need this whole process? What is the, the function of this process? And so what he explains is that what Moshe is doing each time he goes to the palace, he is actually taking, capturing, rescuing the good that exists in Egypt, right? That is what we talked about, the fact that it's Meitzar Yam, that through the, Egypt, the, the Egyptian experience is one when they constrict the Yam of Chachma, right? So it's Meitzar Yam, it's, it's constricting the, the Yam the Chachma, but the point is that you need to be a Mitzrayim in order to experience the Yam Shel Torah. You need to go through that experience. And so what's happening over here is that Moshe is engaging in that in a very direct way, and through that being Malachit, he's capturing, he's, he's, he's redeeming even the, the good that exists there. Now we're going to go on a bit of a deep uh, tangent about Moshe and his relationship to Egypt. Uh, so let's see. Valid Valken. Um, where are we? One second. We didn't talk about this part in the. We did the, I think. a little bit. Maybe. Oh, in the parsha. Yeah, right, this is the, not our. Right. No, I mean, yeah. This is a different modality of thought. So we we totally. we're not. Yes, yes, but yes. Okay. It's really neat. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so we have something very interesting written in the Torah that Moshe and Paro, who had a pretty cordial relationship, all things considered, they really did. On the 10th plague, or lead up to the 10th plague, Paro says, if you don't see my face again, and if you see my face, you'll die. Okay? And so it's you know, a threatening statement, and Moshe, of course, responds, that's right, I won't see your face because I'm never going to see you again, and... Good luck. You're done. Okay. Vamrele kenti bartere. Moshe says it's true. Bismano kimiata elo maliklo tmimenu. What's the reason behind that? Why is Moshe saying I'm never going to see you again? So the deeper understanding of that is Moshe saying my work is done over here. Mm-hmm. Not just that I have told you everything I have to, to- tell you, but Moshe understood that his spiritual work at this point has been accomplished. He's been able to be malaki. He's been able to take everything he had to take from there. V'chein amar achikach l'Yisrael hagam shelo hayadayim b'madregas Moshe Rabbeinu alav shalom rak v'kriyasa yamsuv shirasa shivcha yam etc. as amar lehem lo sosifu lirosam There's a similar terminology that Moshe presents to the Jewish people right before they split the sea. We're going to learn this uh, Shabbos afternoon. He says, you are no longer going to see the Egyptians. Why do we need to know that? Why does that have to be mentioned? It sounds like this uh, bravado type of statement. Oh, you'll never see, you know, why, why lay it out like that? And so the understanding is that even though the Jewish people were not on the level of Moshe, that they truly were able to overcome 
all that Egypt represents, but at least at Kriyas Yamsuf, where we say the Jewish people experience this very, very lofty prophetic experience, at that moment, they were indeed at a place where they will not see Egypt again. Not the Egyptians alone, but the Egyptian concept, the concept of the, the negative imagination, which gets in the way of Chachma, the Egyptians at the sea were completely obliterated, meaning the idea of Egypt for the Jewish people was completely obliterated, at least at that moment, and they were able to experience this incredibly high prophetic experience. That's the same terminology that Parah and Moshe used in their relationship, that I'm done with you, Parah, I'm beyond you. The Jewish people at the Yamsuf also experienced a transcendence of imagination, and they were able to experience that very high level of prophecy. If, if that were the case, radical, but uh, then why did they still pursue? You know, when, when they didn't like what was going on, with, that they should go back. Right. So again, as he is he qualified, they said you know, for the Jewish people it was temporary. Theory. Right. For the Jewish people, for Moshe, it was real. For Moshe, it was it was intrinsic. It was it was it was it was really who he was at that point. With the Jewish people, there was a momentary lofty climb and then they go down similar to Sinai again they go very high and then uh, they go down as well okay like but, mid-port shot one time and thinking you got it but you don't <laughs> right Okay. Not only does Paro say you'll never see my face again, but Paro then says, if you see my face, you'll die. Now, wh- wh- why does the Torah record that, right? I'm sure Paro maybe even like threw a, cur- a few choice words in, but the Torah doesn't record everything. Again, it's not a history book. It's there to teach us a lesson. So what does it mean? It's not, now we understood why he says you'll never see me again. But why does he then, why does the Torah record that, that he says, and when you see me, you'll die, right? What, what's, the, what's the value? What is that coming to teach us. Ragza emes. Kivadan. Here, here's where we get really deep. Kivadai ilu haya bekoch Moshe Rabbeinu alav shan ligo bekatmaka achas lo hayatar chasara. First we have to recognize, again, if Moshe really had the ability to redeem the Jewish people after one plague, he would have done so. Right? We ask this. Why do we have ten plagues? And, you know, there are many answers to this. But from his perspective, what he's describing is there's a process over here. Moshe each time is doing something. He's chipping away at the concept Mitzrayim so that Moshe could be Moshe so that the Jewish people could receive the Torah and that was a 10 step process it wasn't just if Moshe could have done it at one time it would have been a one time thing but it wasn't Moshe needed those 10 steps Okay. Okay. So basically, he needed to chip away and chip away. We know that um, typically there are ten levels to every thing, every concept, right? We know that we spoke about this pretty recently in one of his earlier pieces. That within, you know, we there are ten spheros, but that means that also not only are there ten general general levels, but in each thing, in each concept, there are ten levels, and so. Moshe needed to go further and further until he comes to the place of Makas Bechoros, which is the Shoresh, the root of this idea that Moshe is negating Dimyon, imagination, and bringing about the notion of, again, as we said earlier, according to Rav Tzadik, Moshe doesn't have imagination. He transcends imagination. Imagination, by the time he is done, is completely cleaned out of him. It's not something that you and I or anyone, even throughout history, ever experienced, but Moshe is able to be completely transcendent of imagination. Okay. He says, if there is a new, but once he's done, he's done. And at that point, then you say the, 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 the fight is over. But if he starts on a new fight with Dimion, meaning 
You know, you could fight Dimyon. You, you, you could, there are many planes. And you could say Moshe completely transcended Dimyon on one plane, and he's done with it. But if there would be a new challenge of Dimyon, of imagination, if somehow that starts again, and Moshe now has to start that same challenge, meaning even though he's climbed to the highest heights, but in theory, you could have a new challenge of that same thing, not going down the ladder, he's climbed the top of that ladder, but a new one, that is something which we cannot do as human beings. That's simply too hard, and that's something which doesn't happen. And it's true, Paro was right. If he would then engage in that, it would be overwhelming. He wouldn't be able to then go and fight that same battle on a different plane. Hold on, whatever. That's what, you know, I'll leave it as a, that, that's what he's saying. We could hear it. It's, it's a hard, you know, we, we can't relate to it, but we could hear it. Right, because again, once you pass those 10 levels, then you're done. Right, after he finishes the 10th test, it is completely clarified. So he says, this is what happens at death. You ready? So he says, for someone who's climbed to the 10th level, he says, what happens is that the day of death is when there is a kitrug, there is a prosecutive um, statement made in heaven saying, hey, there's still work to be done in this area. And God says, okay, you're right, but it's impossible for a human to fight that battle here. And therefore God takes the person out of they're living at that moment, and basically at that point, there's nothing else for them to do as humans. It's not possible. They've accomplished all they could accomplish as humans. They've hit the 10th level, and so whenever that gets aroused again, oh, wow, there's more to be done. Okay, let's bring him home. Right? He can't do it as a human, and therefore we're going to take him out. So Paro was right. If he would have to encounter Paro again, he would actually die. It would not be possible. Why? Because since he accomplished all he could humanly accomplish at that point, and he did, the highest level of accomplishment, but if he would then encounter it again, it would be impossible. Okay, again, I can't relate to this, but we can understand it conceptually. Okay. So now he takes it one step further. On the day that Moshe dies, what happens? On the day that Moshe dies, the Torah, the Midrashim tell us that his Mainos HaChachma the, the wellsprings of wisdom were taken away, right? Which is exactly what we're saying. Moshe's strength, Moshe's great ability was he was able to stand up to Paro, i.e. Mitzrayim, i.e. the Koach Adimion, this powerful faculty of imagination, and Moshe was able to wage war against it. Moshe was able to stand up against it, okay? So, then, and throughout his whole life, he never had to encounter this again. On the last day of his life, which is exactly what he's saying, there was this Kitrug, there's this some, for some reason, up in heaven, they're saying, hey, wait a second, you still have to fight with this imagination thing. And that's what it means. His ability to have wisdom, which we said was the direct, uh, the, the contradiction to imagination, all of a sudden his wisdom is negated. And now he's struggling with imagination. Again, the closing off of wisdom is the strengthening of imagination. They are two opposites. az. Uh, uh, um, there, specifically there, Belashnakasav, Navi. Only on the day of Moshe's death is he called a prophet. Why? We normally see that as the greatest compliment. Rav Tzadik saying it's not a compliment because as we said before, it's a fascinating observation. Nowhere in the Torah is Moshe described as a Navi. Check it out. You'll see. Follow. Okay, closely, right? Okay, only on the day he dies. Why? As we pointed out before, all other prophets, right, their prophecy is experienced 
as a through their faculty of imagination. Again, a very refined imagination. We should be Zoha to come to the tippy toes of the imagination of the prophets. Halavai, that would be unbelievable, right? But at the end of the day, their experience of prophecy was through imagination. As we pointed out, Moshe was able to transcend imagination. His, his prophecy came through the faculty of Chachma, of wisdom. It was just crystal clear words, concepts. And that's why Moshe is the ultimate uh, conduit for the word of God, because it's not being filtered through Dimyon. It's exactly as God said. It's through wisdom. It's through Chachma. With the rest of the prophets, it was through imagination. That is what we describe as the experience of prophecy. And only on the last day of Moshe's life was he then once again a prophet. Maybe he was in the first opening scenes of Moshe's life when he encounters the, the burning bush. But all the way in between, God speaks pe'el pe' with exact terminology. But on the last day of his life, when the wisdom is revoked, he's once again a navi because he now has to use the faculty of imagination. We're not saying Moshe felt this low stature. No. Moshe then, his koach is, is incredible. Koach achachma was limited. It was nistemu minus achachma. It was closed up. And therefore, its connection to God came about through imagination, i.e. Why was it closed up? Be- because of his theory before. Because what he says is like this. Moshe fights Paro. And what that fight is, is his ability to transcend dimyon, imagination. Now, major, imagination is a spectrum. There's negative imagination, okay? And there's positive imagination. The ultimate positive imagination is prophecy, right? The, what a regular prophet is able to experience. Moshe transcended that. His experience of what we call nevuah was radically different. It was qualitatively different than that of a regular prophet, as God himself testifies. And Moshe's experience of messaging from God came about through chachma, through wisdom alone. On the last, as we pointed out, as he said, once you hit the 10th level, if you start that battle again, it's the day of, that's the day of your death. That's basically the time that God says, ah, don't do it down here. You're not humanly possible. And God basically takes us back. That's why Paro said, the day I see you, you will die. Paro was right. That's why it's recorded in the Torah. Because if Moshe would then encounter the battle with imagination once again, he would be taken. Okay? So therefore, on the last day of his life, there is some change up in heaven. It says, oh, we're taking away his wisdom. He has to fight against imagination again. That's specifically on the last day of his life. That's why he's a Navi on that day and not the regular Moshe. He's on that lower level of prophecy, right? On what we call classic prophecy. And it happens specifically on the day of his death because that's the time that there is, for whatever reason, some kitrug, some, um, some complaint against whoever, you know, against the individual saying, hey, they need to fight that war again, that battle. Yes, they climbed to the 10th level. Now we need to do it again. We need to come back to it. That, that, that coincides. That is specifically the day that God says, okay, on that day, you're going to come back. And therefore, on that day, that motion is stimu minus chachma. It's not, you know, we typically read that medrash, or the way I've always understood that medrash was that, you know, it's, you know, at the end of life, just like our physical, physical faculties start to shut down, Moshe's spiritual faculties start to shut down. He's saying it has nothing to do with that. He's saying what it is is that there was a new battle. There was a new battle of Dimyon against Chachma. And since Moshe reached the highest level of Chachma, it wasn't possible, humanly possible, for him to fight that again. And therefore God takes him away and, and moves him up to heaven because as a human, he cannot fight that battle again. But again, that what he's describing is that that point, right? So it's a to- radically different way of understanding that, 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 that medrash, somewhat of a off-quoted medrash. And what he's saying over here is that that's why on the last day, Moshe is a Navi and not a Chacham because it's specifically then that his imagination is, is, is reinvigorated, is brought back. And it's a battle that any human being, even Moshe, would not be able to fight again. And therefore, Hashem takes him at that moment. Okay, a lot to to Digest. digest. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care.